What's happening? This is Poder Podcast. Your host, Sergio Lagunas. On this podcast, we feature influential and powerful leaders with their own unique stories on art, music, education, and influence. So listen to these stories to find out their source of poder. Welcome to Poder Podcast, another episode featuring another speaker. Today we have Peter Rojas, originally from Lowell, Massachusetts, and currently living in the Los Angeles area, working as a executive director of the American Digital Diversity Initiative. So welcome. Tell us more about yourself. Tell us, we want to know a little bit of your background. All right. Well, first of all, thanks for, uh, for having me here, Sergio. Um, yeah, so a little bit about me. So I'm originally from Massachusetts, uh, born and raised in Lowell. Uh, I don't know if you ever watched the movie The Fighter uh, with Mark Wahlberg and Christian yeah, Bale. Such uh, a good movie. Yeah, great movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So definitely, uh, I was filmed a few blocks from my house. Uh, I wasn't there with the filming, but uh, I mean, it's a great movie. Kind of depicts you know that that Lowell pride, uh, the personality people have. Uh, but aside from that, graduated, uh, went my bachelor's at UMass Lowell. It was down the street from my house. Really convenient. Uh, but then I just finished doing my master's in higher education administration at Florida International University. Uh, great experience down there. Uh, moved to Indiana um, for a few months. I worked at uh, IUPUI. Uh, and then I made a great big risk and uh, moved out here to California uh, in Los Angeles to run a new nonprofit out here, uh, try to bring some awareness um, and advance the skills of individuals to get into the tech world. All right. And tell us a little bit about uh, your family. Do you have family out here? How is it that you took this risk, man? Not a lot of people take such risk and move to the other coast. And tell us more about that um, So my family is originally from Colombia, uh, from Medellin. Uh, my parents uh, moved out here back, you know, early 80s uh, with my two older brothers that were born over there. Um, obviously, American dream, Mom, um, dad. Wanted the best for his kids. I mean, obviously, I wasn't born at the time yet, but uh, the, the main goal was to make sure that the other two were, were great and having their education uh, prosper. Uh, the older brother did go to Harvard University, uh, and the second one did go to Boston University. So great schools in the Boston area, uh, but also nationwide. I uh, think for me, I you know, grew up in Lowell. I never really thought ever moving from Lowell. Um, it's one of those cities with a small town feel. Uh, I always thought I'd just end up being there. Uh, three years ago, I decided to take that move to, to Miami, do my grad school there, uh, do something different. You know, I was always told that, you know, if you're going to do higher education administration, move. Uh, so that, that was the thing I did. I moved. I took a risk out there. Um, had my cousin out there, but, you know, didn't really have that, that tie there with, with that family. You know, I big, such a big family. But I think uh, it kind of gave me that comfort level that, you know, I can do that big move, be okay. Uh, move to Indy. Uh, but I, I think the move from Indy to L.A. was the possibility of what I can do in my career. Uh, and my older brother does live out here with his wife for, for about 18 years now. They have two kids. Uh, so I did have that comfort of having, you know, one of my older brothers here in, in the Los Angeles area. But I, I think for me, it kind of drove me was the possibility of what I can do with this nonprofit, make a difference. And I know I have the support of my family uh, to make that dream come true. Um, but I, I think it's one of those things, you know, I just, I just got back from Columbia a few weeks ago with the whole family and, and you kind of relive those moments, you know, why your parents make that sacrifice. Um, 
to to have a better future for their kids you know and obviously like I guess I wasn't born at that moment but you know I'm the first one in my family to be born in America so it's kind of like you know living that dream out fully as, as I encompass that and embody that okay okay and tell us more about what you do as an executive director for this nonprofit that you are pretty much heading and what are what are some of the activities that you do so I think for me, it's a new nonprofit started back in January of this year, uh, 2018. And, you know, just starting something new, is, it's, it's an obstacle in itself uh, for the fact that you kind of don't know where to go, where to start, or how to do anything or how to go about it. Um, I had a vision uh, w with what I wanted to do, and I had the support of my board members um, guiding those decisions. Um, and obviously, you know, you got to start small, you know, think big, but start small. Um, you know, everything wasn't, you know, Rome wasn't built in a day. Uh, you just got to be patient about certain things. Um, so like I said, our nonprofit, our main mission is to help underrepresented um, groups get into the tech world. So that's just either bringing some sort of awareness or, or if they have some sort of skill, advancing those skills to, to prosper in what they have. Right now, currently what we've been doing is working with K-12, through uh, specifically more with uh, high school students, mm -hmm. uh, and try to give them that alternative career path mindset in the sense that, you know, some kids just don't want to go to college, you know, and here's an opportunity for you to get into the tech world, you know, be a software engineer, uh, get into some sort of boot camp for coding or just be ingrained with other individuals in that field, you know, get some insight and see where they can go from there. Uh, but if you do choose to go to college, you know, here's an opportunity to go and major in something you probably never thought about. I know coming back from a, coming from a Latino culture, you know, it's, it's either, you know, be a doctor, be a lawyer, uh, be a dentist, you know, be, be respectable, you know, jobs that, you know, people always want to aim for. Um, but the tech world is just the same thing. It's just a new thing, a new generation. Uh, thought process and you know now like I'm in that you know that that generation where like you start thinking about things you don't really don't think about this is an opportunity I mean you, we use our phones all the time you know you never really think about hey actually I, I can actually be that person on the other side creating these apps uh, for people and help their lives out um, not even that I, the other part is the financial stability behind it um, that a lot of people don't see or they see it they just don't know how to get to that point um, so it, it's good that we're doing that, and obviously we also try to help out with college students and uh, help them out with professional development, or we try to help out with adults looking for that career change. I've been meeting a lot of people recently in the past few months where it's just like, you know, it wasn't their thing, and they, they want to do something different. Um, and going towards the tech industry is something that they like. You know, they're, they're getting the, the, the joy and the pleasure of doing that field. Um, and it's kind of like college, you know, it's some, I don't, uh, for me myself, you know, I changed my majors like a few, few hundred times, you know, uh, until you find that right one, you know. In terms of uh, these opportunities that a lot of students can take on after high school and beyond, what are some things that are currently being worked on or what is your view, your vision on this tech industry? I've heard a lot of articles in business talking about maybe this is the new blue collar job, coding and and all that. Well, I mean, we can talk about numbers and the fact that the next two to three years is going to be over a million jobs in the tech industry, you know, uh, and we're only graduating about 75,000 students with computer science degrees every year. So the gap's there, you know, uh, and a lot of companies out there want more people, but they also want more diversity, you know. Uh, I think the number is like two to three percent of people in tech are Latino, you know, that's, that's kind of low. Um, and I think the, the major obstacle is just the awareness piece. You know, and that's something that we're trying to do as a nonprofit is try to bring that awareness piece. But also, if you like it, we'll guide you in the right directions, give you the right resources for that. Um, 
and yeah, you know what? It's, it's 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 one of those things that's not gonna change. You know, it's not like tomorrow, like you're not gonna use your phone anymore. You know, you, it's not like tomorrow you're gonna stop using the internet uh, and all those things that you're kind of ingrained to do now. You know what I mean? Society's telling you, you know, use tech. It does help your life a little bit easier here and there, depending on what it is. But you know, it's something that's not gonna go away. So why not take the opportunity to learn how to get involved with it? And, and it has its perks. You know, you can mm-hmm. work at a, at a company. You can work remotely. You know. And, and do all the things that you want to do and have more free time. And actually, you know, not your typical blue collar that you see nowadays, you know, but now it's kind of like the new generation of what it is. You know, you can have a little bit more free time uh, to do what you want. I know, like, probably just a, a simple example, you know, single parents, you know, there's an opportunity to still work, be there for your child uh, and do everything you want to do to support your child. And at the same time, work and, and earn that paycheck for, to, to help them financially, to help yourself uh, and put yourself in a better better place. Exactly. And what are some favorite apps that you, you like to use in your everyday life? Um, man, that's just a loaded that's question. A that's a question. loaded question. Yeah, I know. So, I got I mean, my favorite apps too. And I want to know what you, what you got. So I, I think, uh, I mean, you got to go with the go-to. I mean, I'm a big sports fan. So like, you know, ESPN and then obviously it's right now, currently we're in that fantasy football time. So, uh, being on that app also, but I mean, most of the time, you know, it's just like, Kind of your, your, your new modern newspaper, you know, be on Facebook, see what's going on. Um, Instagram, in terms of, you know, seeing family members, you know, what they're doing in their lives um, and whatnot. But typically, you know, more of a, more of a Facebook fan in the sense that it's an opportunity to just catch up what's going on. I get my news there. Um, I get people's thoughts, concerns, comments. Uh, and it, and it's, it's funny now because you start thinking about because, like, you know, people saying, people think that, you know, social media is just consuming everyday life. But just think about it like back in the 20s and early 1900s, people, newspaper, people sat down, newspaper reading it. People were like, oh, the newspaper business is just killing, you know, interaction with people and everything like that. Kind of your new thing now. I mean, it's a, now it's just in your palm of your hand rather than you opening a big sheet and you're covering your whole face. But at least I can still see your face, you know, when you're looking at your phone. But I mean, everyone has their joy, you know, using some sort of app. But I know I like to drive a lot, so Waze helps me out getting away through traffic here and there. Depending on, on the situation, there's, there's enough for everything to make it a little bit easier. And why not? I mean, like I said, it, it all goes back to the fact that like, I, sometimes I think about it like, hey, I, I, I want to create my own app too one day. But obviously, that's always a thought process. Don't know what I would build an app for. Yeah, I see that. You got to kind of identify a problem or something that's not done yet. There was a group of guys. They were twins. They started their own app because they were frustrated that they could not find people to do a pickup game for basketball. And they started their own app. They were even featured on ESPN. They were from Sacramento. I got to meet one of them. And maybe they'll be a potential uh, guest in my show one day. And they started their own hoop uh, finding uh, app. So you can just plug into the app. It's like, oh, there's a pickup game for basketball over that park. I'm just going to check in and be like, hey, I'll be right there. And you can just accommodate a pickup game like that. I wish there was something like that for football because like, I'm always has, I always had that struggle. It's like, okay, I want to go to the park, but I'm just going to train by myself. Who else can join me? Maybe they have an app similar to that. Hint, hint, any developer out there, <laughs> you know, just start this app. You know, there's always a, a third world, uh, a first world uh, problem out there that we have, and we just like we just want to make life more effective, easier to connect with people. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's the beauty behind it. Also, is the fact that there may be an app already there, but um, why not make it better? 
You know what I mean? Like, I'm pretty sure there was one person that was using Google Maps, like, oh, I, I want something better. Boom, Waze. You know what I mean? I mean, I don't know the story behind that, but, you know, that's, that's the thought process. And I'm pretty sure there's someone out there like, oh, I can do better than that. Let's try, try to create another app for that. But, you know, that, that's the beauty of technology right now is the fact that, like, you can come up with something new or just improve on something that's already there. Um, and it, honestly, at the end of the day, it's just, it is hard work still at, the end of, at, at, at its best. Um, but honestly, like, it's a great time to be in right now. Yeah, in terms of social media, do you think there's, like, uh, parents should be worried about the safety concerns or is there is it just another way to connect with people would you put it like an age limit or would you say like oh it's it's a college student thing it's a college student thing or is it something uh, that adults only can use or what do you think about that when that conversation comes up I think it's more on on the fact that yes of course I mean you know having a child myself it, the notion is you, you always want to make sure there's a safety uh, part to it, right? But I think at the same time, you know, as children develop, you you don't want to take away from the fact of that interaction with a human being. You know what I mean? And, and you can see yourself, you know, when your your face is just stuck at the phone, you know, you're not really interacting with anyone. But I mean, uh, being older, we can comprehend that. You know, what I mean, I should take some time off to talk to people and everything like that. But when a child's developing at, at certain ages, you know, that that's that fine line you're walking. Uh, where you don't want them to be antisocial or just grow up to be like, oh, this is the norm where my friend is the phone and rather just my friend is actually the person next to me, you know? Um, so, I mean, there's limits. I mean, not to say I'm, I'm telling you, like, at a certain age you can't have I mean, you could. I mean, I'm, I'm not anyone's, everyone's parent, you know? But at the same time, you got to think about those issues uh, and thought processes where it's just like you want your child to, to go out there and have fun and meet other people and interact with people, um, so at the end of the day, like that's what well, that's kind of what life is. You're interacting with people. Um, but wasn't there a movie about this? Some guy that falls in love with his phone. And was there? Yeah, there was a movie. I forgot what it was about. I really p did not pay too much attention into what, it. What did it get in Rotten Tomatoes? I gotta check this out. <laughs> yeah, check it out because it was intense. Like, what what is this movie all about? But tell us more about your your own personal history. More into that. That's very interesting coming from Colombia and typically in, in this area, in this coast, you don't hear that often. Uh, what is, is there something that you feel like that doesn't exist in the LA area where you live in? You think there should be like a cumbia fest? I was thinking about that the other day. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think, I, I mean, I've only been here for six months, so I mean, I haven't really had the opportunity to go see uh, if there's like a little niche of, of, of Colombianos here. Um, I've been told there is. Uh, I think I just got to go find it. Um, but I, I think, you know, coming from the East Coast and, and being in a city where, you know, there was a pocket of Colombianos there. Uh, and then, you know, when I was in Miami, you know, plethora, you know, and, and coming out here, you know, it, you know, I haven't seen it yet. But at the end of the day, I still think my mentality has always been like, you know, I'm a Latino first. You know, we all have, the, you know, some common ground. You know, we speak the same language. Our lingos may be a little bit different. Our food may be a little bit different, but it's, you know, same general thing. Um, I think it, I feel comfortable being in an area where, you know, I'm able to relate with, some, with someone else. You know, whether you are Mexican or Salvadoran or whatever the situation is, I think that common ground creates that environment where you can feel good about yourself. Um, and I think I've, I've been grateful enough to, to grow up in an environment where I've been able to 
meet different cultures and ethnicities, nationalities, you know, uh, whether it's European background, uh, African-American background, um, Asian-American. I've, I've had a good life with having friends of every background and, and learning their culture. Um, so I've, I've been lucky in that sense where I'm able to adapt anywhere. Um, and, and it's, you know, I'm loving LA. And, you know, the weather's great. Uh, traffic, it is what it is. Um, but it, it's, a, it's an opportunity to be in to, to see where I can be in my life. What, what, what level can I bring myself uh, in my own career. So tell us, what is your source of poder? So I like to relate it on my analogy, um, you know, kind of like, you know, the flower, you plant the seed. Um, I think it comes mostly from the struggles my parents went through uh, and seeing what they had to go through to, to come out here um, for a better life. Uh, and I think I just use that motivation uh, to grow into who I am as an individual. Now, have I had the the best life of support, yeah, absolutely. Have I had some struggles of my own? Absolutely. Uh, and I think what translates from the motivation for my parents is my own, my own motivation of myself and what I went through. So it's kind of like that flower that grows through the concrete. You know, you, you see the beauty out of it and you see that, you know, how much do you see that, that flower growing through the concrete? You know, it's a, it's a beautiful thing. And, and the struggles that you personally as individuals go through, you know, it, it brings you, catapults you to another level. You know, you start thinking about, you know, where you came from and you start thinking about yourself and what you've gone through and struggled wise. Um, and it just powers you to do better. It empowers you to seek a better life for yourself. But I think for me, I just translate that into hoping that I'm able to make a difference in someone else's life. Big 90s hip hop fan, and I think Tupac said it the best is, is that, you know, I don't think I'm going to change the world, but I think I'm going to be the person that sparks, you know, that light, that flame to, to make someone else that change, you know? And I think that's an opportunity for me. I think I would get just a lot of gratitude and be grateful um, to know that I can be that person to, to make that other person grow, you know? And I think that's, what, that's where my play comes from is knowing the fact that I know for a fact. Um, that will spark that interest. I'll make someone realize their potential uh, and they can be that person to make a difference, you know, and hopefully, you know, it makes a difference in my life if I'm still around, you know. Um, but it, it's a good feeling to see that, that dream flourish from its beginnings to the middle and to hopefully it blossoms into something great. All right, and then we'll end with this. Uh, what are some concluding marks, uh, some inspirational quotes? You already touched on that, but... Uh, some inspirational quotes, man. I can give you quotes from movies, everything. Um, I think for me, and it goes back to this move out here, trying to deal with this new nonprofit and have it grow. I know I'm the type of person that I want things to happen right away. There's this proverb that says that, you know, if, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go further, go together. Uh, and I think that's really what it is. You know, at the end of the day, I need to realize um, that if I really want to go far in life, I need to make sure that I have a group of people like-minded that want the same thing to make things happen for not only themselves, but for everyone else around them. Uh, and I think that's a key part. The, the notion is that, you know, we are, we are here on, on this earth to, to help each other out, not necessarily tear each other down, uh, but we just got to unify for that greater cause. What that is, I mean, that's up to you. You know, that's, that's the beauty of life, and you get to pick what you want, 
and you go from there. All right, Peter, thank you for joining us on Poder Podcast. Oh, thank you for having me, Sergio. Thank you for listening to Poder Podcast, the podcast con poder. I am your host, Sergio Lagunas. Music is produced by Brian Avarete. Please follow us on all social media channels, including Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. You can listen to us on Spotify, and you can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Until next time, this is Poder Podcast. <music>